This podcast is brought to you by Dancecape. For the latest in dance, lifestyle, culture, and entertainment news, visit www.dancecape.com. Dance is passion. Well, good afternoon, Melanie. Hi. Good afternoon. How are you, Beverly? I'm good. How are you? Well, first I'd like to thank you for participating in this Dancegate podcast, and uh, congratulations on your new film called Leading Ladies. Thank you. Thanks very much. It was really an incredible experience. Well, perhaps you can tell our listeners a little bit about the film and the role that you play in it. The film is about a dysfunctional family, um, which I can totally relate to my own personal life. Okay. Uh, And I have two daughters, and um, I am an overbearing ballroom stage mom. Uh I basically live through my daughters. One is who's my favorite. Her name is Tati. She um, is the dancer in the family. Mm -hmm. You know, lots of drama happens within the movie. It's just hysterically funny. Benji is just a riot, Benji Schwimmer. Oh, right, okay. How did you actually first get involved in, in the movie? Erica um, saw me on television. Mm-hmm. Erica and Jennifer, who's the other writer. And actually, Erica was telling me that she was nervous to call me because I was this, um, you know, fabulous song dancer, and she was, you know, it took her about two weeks to call because she was just so afraid that I was this diva. And oh. <laughs> And then when she finally talked to me, she realized that I was really nice. Oh, and, uh, that's good. She just asked me if I'd be interested in reading the script. She told me a little bit about the script, see if I'd be interested in reading it and, um, you know, choreographing it. Oh, wow. So I said I would, you know, absolutely love to. And I read the script and it was just lovely. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was no reason why I wouldn't want to support this film and, and choreograph it. And, and I didn't know whether I was going to have a part in it. And then they came to New York and they did a screening mm-hmm. of me reading a few lines. And um, she called me about a week later and said that you are definitely this character and you have to do it. I oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that must have been so exciting for you. It was very exciting, yes. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, I, all the the cast and the crew was just such a great experience. It was just like one big family. Mm, lovely, lovely. Um, so it was my first time acting. Right. And uh, two of the other leads, and I know Benji had done some other movies before, okay. and two of the other actors had been acting before, but not to that degree. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how did you go about actually preparing for this then? All of a sudden now you're an actor. I studied my Oh, you studied your well. lines a lot, okay. And did that come naturally to you? Some of it did, and some of it didn't. I'm not used to saying anything other than my own. Right, right. And you had to feel it as you were saying it. So, um, right. I mean, some of it I can absolutely relate to as, as dance being the most important thing in the world, because for me, I was never going to stop dancing, and I couldn't imagine life beyond competing. There wasn't right. anything for me beyond competing. Right. Magic. So I did relate to the role quite a bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My mom is quite, quite dramatic. Okay. So I pulled from there a little bit. Right. Right. So you mentioned earlier that you, you felt you come from a dysfunctional family yourself, so you that's how you could kind of pull and relate to the role itself. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, wh- what age did you start dancing? I didn't start competing until I was 22. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I started quite late. I, 
I actually went to my first dance studio, I, I think I was 19 or 20. Mm-hmm. And I did some tea, I, I went to take a ball and dance class, uh, and I, when I walked in, I just, the first minute I walked in, I said, okay, this is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. Oh, wow. wow. And a month later, I was helping the instructor teach mm-hmm. class, so I had walked into a month earlier, mm-hmm. and then he asked me if I'd be interested in teaching at the studio that he worked at, and mm-hmm. that's when I started teaching, and then I had done like a, a West Coast swing, I had done a West Coast show with one of the guys that worked there, mm-hmm. um, a couple of show numbers with him, and then um, I met Tony in 81. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So that's a very long dance relationship there. Yeah. Wow. That's fabulous. That's We've fabulous. Tony and I have been dancing together for uh, 29 years. Almost wow. Years. That's amazing. And, and, and in all the events that you competed in, was your was your mother a big part of that? Did she follow you? No, my family wasn't very supportive. Oh, they weren't? No, they weren't supportive at all. Um, and my dad was actually a dancer. He used to tap dance with Jackie Gleason. and I still have his chaps, actually. Oh, fabulous. Um, and he used to um, compete in local dance competitions here in New York on the East Coast. He used to dance the Palladium nightclub in the Latin Quarter and mm. um, the Copacabana. And I found his diary mm. um, a few years after he passed away. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know any of this while he was still alive. We really didn't talk much about dance. Oh, wow. So that must, have, that must have been quite a surprise for you then. Yeah. For you to learn yeah. that. It was really nice to, to know. Yeah. And actually, and from that you know that you come by it honestly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, just going back to the character for a moment that you're playing in the film, I've read the description on the, on the website. It, it has a description of the character herself, uh, Sherry Campari, as, you know, sort of uh, once beautiful, successful, and in love, and now she's... Uh, it says overweight and struggling to get by and that kind of thing. Was that something you read ahead of time in for the role and thought? Yeah, yeah I knew that that was, uh, I was definitely an overweight stage mom and I suited me. You could relate, but it's a very vulnerable character that you're that you're playing. So Beverly, when I was, I, I basically am a fat. Well, competing, I, you know, I'm basically a fat person in a skinny person's body. Chemically, oh. I mean, I, my family has a, a weight issue. I definitely have a, an issue with my weight. I, I, I dieted for 20 years. I, I hardly ate. Wow. So when I when I actually retired, I actually had a medical incident. I, I was over over and paid for two and a half years, and I had just retired from competing, and we had all these shows and workbooks, but I couldn't do any of it because I was, I was, it was you know, oh. I went from doctor to doctor, and I had gained 50 pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. all the 20 years of dieting and being in shape just totally went down the drain. Right, right. Um, I also have an eating thing. Oh, right. You know, I'm definitely addicted to food. Right, right, <laughs> right. Because I would imagine that the feeling of being in this movie would be as close as it could possibly be to the feeling of competing. Yes. The adrenaline rush of that. Oh, yes, absolutely. Because there is nothing quite like that, and there's nothing that it comes, it's very difficult to find anything to actually replace that. Absolutely, you know, and that was what I 
with was the dancing. Right. And the competing. And then when I didn't have it anymore, you know, a combination of the illness and the whatever, I just went, I ate. I <laughs> and you realize the food can taste something until I return. <laughs> You got to make up for lost time then. I did. <laughs> well, that's the upside. That's the upside of that. Now, most people know you now from So You Think You Can Dance, and you know, you did a stint on What Not to Wear, and of course, we've seen you on the PBS shows, uh, some of the competitive dance events there. How was the experience of making the movie um, different for you from all of these other experiences? Obviously, in this role, you had to you had lines to learn, and, and that was something yeah, that you had to deliver. Much easier to dance and choreograph. You're right, because that's what you know so well. Uh, yeah, learning the lines, um, although it was fun, it was you know frustrating because I just wanted to get it right. When you get a line wrong, I mean the whole I mean everybody has to, have to stop and cut and retake and. Um, you just want to get it right the first time. Right. Which, you know, Erica and, and the, you know, the producer and the director assured me that, you know, and I, and I wasn't the only one. I always felt better whenever, when someone else made a mistake with Caroline, but I wasn't the only one. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so that, so that, you know, once you, if you've never done that before, obviously you think you're supposed to get it right the first time, but then, you know, you understand that not everybody is, is hitting them up the very yeah, first time. Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. That's what, you know, that's, that's the movies. I mean, they're, they're used to it, and um, they can do a lot of editing. I, I actually think I may have done a pretty good job. I don't know. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. And I would imagine you're, all, you're probably your own worst... Uh, critic. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. it was difficult. I mean, I had to wear costumes. I had to wear outfits that were, I mean, because I was playing the overweight stage mom. I definitely was an overweight stage mom. Oh. <laughs> it was a bit difficult looking in the room. I tried not to do that. <laughs> Well, also, I, I understand the uh, the daughter is uh, in the movie for you, which was Shannon Lee uh, Smith, who plays Tati, and Laurel Vale, who plays Tony. They had no prior dance experience, but I understand they had to do quite a bit of dancing. So, right. Well, Shannon is more of a Broadway jazz modern dancer. Okay. But Laurel had no prior Okay, okay. But Shannon had no ballroom experience. No ballroom, yeah. no. Okay. And then were you then, I'll assume that uh, you were the, the person who was their, uh, were you their coach and choreographer throughout? Yes, yes. Right. And, and how was that experience? Because that would be such a short turnaround time for you them know, to I'm learn. You I'm used to teaching dancers that haven't done ballroom. Okay. You know, I do it for something to dance. I, you know, in our, in our field, we teach dancers that are just not dancers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. teach beginners. So it's, um, I, I think I do have a knack for teaching dancers that aren't dancers. Right, That's right. what I've done. You know, I've taught Pierce Brosnan and Renee Russo. Oh, wow. Of course, Vanessa Williams, she was a dancer but not a ballroom dancer. Right, exactly. Patrick Stewart and, well, I'm name dropping now, but, <laughs> but um, that are not dancers. But what... Oh my God, my cat is so cute, I can barely stand it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sweet, huh? um, um, But what, what is really motivating for me is just that 
they are so motivated to understand and they love it mm. so much and they get so excited about it. And right. Just, and you know, we love it so much. Right. Well, we get to share that with someone who can appreciate it. Yeah, that makes it so much richer as a, of an experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's that. And that's what I love about Dancing with the Stars. Right. And everybody think you can dance. <clears throat> they have a newfound respect for ballroom dancing. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, just sort of talking about, the, so you think you can dance, uh, were you doing, uh, in terms of when you were doing the film, were you also juggling doing So You Think You Can Dance at the same time? Yeah, there were three episodes that I couldn't, I couldn't do the first three shows, so Tony did them. You know, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So, how did you how did you manage uh, trying to juggle all of that? Because I can imagine it, the the film was just all consuming. It was all consuming. Um, plus, you know, I have the studio that I run in, in Times Square. Right. So it was quite a busy time. Yeah. And what was the time period? Was it was it a week, two weeks? Like what was oh, the six weeks? Six weeks. Wow. Yes, I was. Um, Totally in Champaign, Illinois. No. <laughs> I actually came home for two days because my cat got sick and I had to come home and, and, and help him out a little bit. And I took him to the doctor and we had some, um, what do you call that, um, acupuncture. Oh, okay. He has a bad leg and he's an older guy. But, um, yeah, so I came home for two days, went to the studio, did a few things, ran around like crazy, and then went back to the set. That, that was during the um, the night shift for oh, the yes. grocery store tonight. Ah, yeah. But I, I, instead of staying to, to be there for the filming of it, I, that's my, my only chance to get home. Oh, yeah. Being the good mom that I am. Yeah, no, that's great. That, that's super. And I just want to spend a moment talking about, I'm just going to go back a little bit to talk about your competitive dance career because, you know, you were United States professional Latin champions. Uh, you were 12-time world reps, world representatives. Um, and, and, you know, I have, we have such uh, admiration for, for all of your work you did. On, on the competition floor and, oh, that's so nice. and seeing you at the British Open in Blackpool year after year after year, I, it, you know, it, it's such a magnificent life um, in terms of um, competing on the dance floor and most avid ballroom dancers of course know you uh, through that and are so happy to see you uh, now when they see you on So You Think You Can Dance and, and all of the other shows that you've, um, that you've been on. You've sort of touched on how difficult it was for the transition from competition to, um, uh, well, off, basically off the dance floor. Is there anything else you'd like to share a little bit around that? Because I'm sure there are lots of people in that, uh, lots of dancers in that position where they've had to make that transition. How, how have you coped and what have you found along the way to try and ease that transition? That's actually a very good question. Um, well, the plan was, before I kind of had that medical incident, um, we were going to open a really huge space. Um, we had 30,000 square feet here in Times Square. Business thing was just going to be this fabulous place for camping, and, um, um, including a studio. Then I got, you know, medical thing happened and I had to put every, all of that aside and then right. it opened and it ended up that we have our studio in another location in a much smaller space, which 
I'm actually grateful for. Right. Um, in yeah. terms of because I don't think we ever could have handled that big space. But um, yeah, I mean, at some point you have to make that transition, right? Life is such that you right. can't, you you know, can't always be on the floor. So yes, yes. I think Tony and I were, were lucky enough and we're really grateful to have had. Although I never thought we were successful when we were competing because nothing was sort of, you know, I didn't get to where I wanted to be and I, um, I just never felt successful as a, as a bomb dancer. Mm. Uh, in fact, you know, I really, I was such a maniac about it all. I really only felt like in the, in the 20 years of Tony and I danced together that I, I, I danced myself good maybe four or five times. Mm. Um, but you know, most most fabulous dancers, they can, you know, you can count on one hand yeah. the, the, the greatest performances that you feel you've ever done. Yeah. And I, I would say that's probably, you know, for most people um, at a certain level, that's, that's yeah. what they feel, yeah. You know, since we didn't really think about anything but, but dancing, I, we only, the only time we had was, we had was to open this place, but... Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I, 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 words of wisdom. Hmm. I don't always. I don't. You know. I want to say something brilliantly fabulous. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, um, it's a bit of a deep question, and it's a sort of an introspective um, sort of thing. But it, you know, it's a process that that most of us that have been on, like, sort of die-hard, competitive, high, you know, sort of high level. There's no comparison. There's nothing that quite hits the mark. Nothing the that hits the mark, but there's also nobody talks about the after. <laughs> it's like the after doesn't exist. <laughs> you know? Exactly. That's so funny. It's true because it is such a high. It is such a good... I mean, there are highs and lows. Right, yeah. So nobody talks so. about how you cope after the fact. So in, in terms of somebody that, you know, top, top level, high level caliber dancer, um, how did that experience on the competitive dance floor prepare you for this challenge of acting in a movie? When you compete yeah. and you start, let's say, a black floor at 6 o'clock in the afternoon, early evening, you finish at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. Right. And all of the things we do as dancers, it just trains you for a mindset of being able to do just about anything. Absolutely. And I don't think people that are non-dancers realize what we go through mentally and physically. I mean, they, they can't imagine. Right. And for us, we do it because we don't really think about it. That's just what we do. I mean, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one, but when I finish Blackpool, uh, by the time the evening was done, my, I like my shoes so tight. You really feel them on my feet that, I mean, my feet were so swollen and those red marks didn't disappear until a few days later. Right. We can be put in any situation and deal with it. Exactly. Exactly. I just, you know, really be so much in front of the camera. Right. It's so much easier for me than acting. Yeah. And you know, as a competitor, I mean, I, I was definitely obsessive compulsive. I, I mean, the, the competitors at the time, I mean, I, I see them now, um, Heather Smith and, and all people I used to compete with way back. I mean, mm -hmm. they always talk about how I used to be in the room. I never used to come out of the room. The week before Black I was just practicing in the little room we had there. Okay. I was making sure every stone was in the right place. Oh. And that my nails were stoned with five eyes <laughs> and... Just what you know. Yeah, absolutely. The attention to detail and the focus, the focus on everything. The determination. Absolutely. But just as an aside, my parents happened to be staying in the same hotel 
where you were one one year. And, and my mom, I remember we were must have been in a different hotel, and my mom said to me, you know, Melanie and Tony are staying here, but I never see Melanie. <laughs> she never comes down. <laughs> So there we go. So now I can now I can uh, now I can let her know that you were up there practicing and <laughs> putting stones on your dress and your nails and all that. Absolutely. Yeah. Tanning, 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 tanning. So the real sun, the sun bed, the tanning salon, oh. and the fake tan. You know, whatever it took. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now Benji Schwimmer is uh, is in the movie as well, and yeah. uh, of course, uh, it, you know, most people of the world now know him through. So you think you can dance? I mean. Benji has done some, um, I guess, some small movie roles, um, but this also would have been a fairly new experience for him. So how was that uh, for you, working with him, and was he able to give you some advice, and like, how was that relationship? Oh, um, Benji and I got along really well, I and mean, we all got along really well. Um, we all wanted to do the best for the project, we were all in the same boat. Um, I had more lines with, um, in, in the film, Benji and I, although we didn't want to admit in the film that we liked each other, we were sort of uh, on different ends of the spectrum. Right. Yes. I, I knew Benji when he, was, when he was in his mom's belly. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow, so you've known him forever. I have known him for a very long time. Um, what, uh, is there anything that you'd like to share um, with the listeners in terms of things that happened which were, uh, you know, outrageously funny or just sort of really... Um, well, I, I had a scene where I had to cry. Okay. And I called Tony and I said, I have this scene where they expect me to cry. And I, first of all, you know, all the people that see me cry are my cats. <laughs> And I just said, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. And I really didn't know if I was going to. I was trying, please, just let me cry. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the director cleared everybody out there. She was very clever. I didn't realize that she cleared everybody out. Oh. And um, there was an acting coach there, uh, Lisa Dixon. Mm-hmm. And before the film, I went to... Um, I had three, uh, Erica said, hey, if you can just please, you know, before you get here, just go take a couple of acting classes. So I had three hours or three 45-minute sessions with Patrick before I got there. And then Lisa Dixon was an on-set. We went over this. We, all of the actors went over some, you know, most of the scenes. Mm-hmm. Just by reading the lines and just seeing how they felt saying them out loud to each other. Right. And um, then on the day, the big crying scene, um, I was just freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> and I said to Tony, I'm not going to have to do it. I'm not going to have to do it. What if I don't? What if I do it? The next thing you know, I mean, I was just hysterically crying. Wow. And, and then Erica just said to me, okay, now go ahead and take out the tissue and take your because the acting coach had got you to that point? Or it was well, she asked me some questions before about some things she can say to me to put me in a place. Oh, I see. Wow. And I told her some things to say to me, and um, and then Erica had said a few words to me. Erica was on the ground behind the, the, behind the, the DP, the cameraman, Pete Biagi, who was incredible. Um, so it was 
Yolanda was minimum was the acting coach who was sort of across the room because she couldn't be too close while she would have been in the shot. It was a big mirror shot. Right. Pete, who was behind this big camera. Erica, who was behind Pete on the floor. <laughs> and then the script girl, who was behind Erica. So everyone was like in this puddle on the floor. Oh, wow. So you were able to cry for the scene. Yes, and thank God they only got it in one. They got it in one. <laughs> thinking, you're talking about the lines, do they give you, is it totally memorized or do they give you a, like, do you have cards to read? No, you have to memorize. You yeah. do, so there's nothing else, there's no, no cards or anything to... No, I mean, you, when you get there, you get your sides, they're called sides, okay. and on, on that day, those are the lines that you have, and each person has their lines highlighted. Right. Wow. But while you're actually acting, you, you can't read off of anything. No, no. Wow. Wow. So, so Melanie, what has, uh, what have you taken, what have you taken away from this experience in uh, acting in leading ladies? I, and at the end of the film, Erica said, you must be so proud of yourself. You, you, you did it. You did an amazing job. And I was like, uh, I, she said, you should be very proud of yourself. And I thought, well, okay. <laughs> Um, I don't know, I guess I'm really hard on myself, so I, I don't know. I, I, I took a, I'm taking away a wonderful experience with wonderful, great people. Mm -hmm. And um, if the film turns out well, I'll feel great to that <laughs> You are very hard on yourself. <laughs> you yeah, I guess I am. Yeah. I guess that's just part of, you know. But I, I met some friends for life. Mm. And... Um, you know, I'm also producing a Broadway show. Oh, wow. I know. I have several things in the works, and um, the studio keeps me very, very busy. Right, right. Just to finish off the interview part itself, I just have one, uh, one last question uh, for you. So, um, when the film is released and the people are leaving the movie theater after experiencing Leading Ladies, um, what messages or feelings would you like the viewers to leave with? Good question, Beverly. I'd like them to love the movie. I'd like them to want to go back and see it again. I'd like them to have a, just a great experience and um, be feeling good. What will they have learned from your character? Maybe acceptance of what is. Okay. Instead of just what we'd like it to be. Absolutely. Well, thanks again um, for taking the no, time no today. Have a good day, honey. Okay, we'll do. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by Danscape. For full transcripts, register for Danscape Easing at www.danscape.com. Dance is passion.